It's time to stop reimagining things and actually start changing them. Tune in to Recalibrate with Samsung, where we'll discuss how technology is changing the way we work, connect, and live our lives. On this episode of Recalibrate, we're joined by Ashish Jain, CEO and co-founder at Kairos, and Kat Robinson of Samsung Networks, to break down the impact that 5G is already having in agricultural communities. The two of them will explain why, to meet the impending demand of feeding an ever-growing world, farmers will continue to have to rely on smart systems, connected devices, and 5G innovations. Now here's your host, Jason Claybrook. Hey, what's up? Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, Ashish Jang from Kairos fame and Kat Robinson. Hook him. Hook him. Hook Recalibrate episode, I'm not sure, 15 or so, 0015, 0015, might be 14. We're going to talk smart ag today because we need food. We really do need food. We need food. We're in agreement on food, right? Can yep. I throw out a quick stat? A quick it's going to be my one stat of the podcast. Sure. Let me see if I remember it. Is this a Mimu stat? That's not no. a Mimu stat. Okay, so by 2050, the world population is going to increase to like 9.6 billion. That's a so lot of people. So to feed all those people, we have to increase food production by 70% using the same amount of land that we have today. Is that right? Yes. There's a lot of undeveloped land, though. Uh, what if we figured out how I to grow food a, in this in sub-Saharan? I think it's about like the land is being degraded. There's a lot of stuff going on with climate ruining land, and that is according to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization. Hydroponic. Well, if you get, yeah. if you what get about it, I'm growing. So, I'm growing mint at home. I there think, is a, a whole movement around like vertical farming sure. within cities. But well, I think we'll be on Mars by then. That'd be cool. Yeah. And we learned from Matt Damon that you can, in fact, grow potatoes yeah. on Mars, and you can become a pirate. So there you go. let's hope for that. <laughs> we'll solve world hunger <laughs> on Mars. Yeah. So, all right, smart ag. So. The fun thing about Smart Ag is, Kat, um, you were on a previous podcast and introduced as our summer intern mm-hmm. in our in our marketing and business development strategy team at Samsung Networks. And early on in the internship, I kind of said to you, what do you want to work on? What would be really interesting to you to see where 5G had some use cases, but make it something that you're passionate about? Make it something that you're interested in so that we don't have to go and cover the same things. As God Almighty, we talk so much about remote surgery and autonomous vehicles, even the millennials, the millennial podcast we talked about, autonomous vehicles, which it's cool. It's very much needed, but let's talk something about something different. So food yes. and agriculture mm-hmm. and livestock. And you started talking about Mimu. What's Mimu? Okay, so... She's jump in here when you want. <laughs> so basically what I've come across in terms of who in this space is doing things with 5G and smart agriculture, 
there's a pretty cool project in Scotland, I believe, called 5G Rural First. Um, okay. I struggle with the word rural, rural. sometimes. <laughs> Just going to work through it. So one of the things that they're doing um, is this adorable little project called Me and Moo. Uh, and it is on one of the farms in a remote area of Scotland. They're testing 5G connectivity as it pertains to their cows there. Uh, so I think they have maybe 2,000 connected, wearing these connected collars and also these little biometric uh, health monitoring ear tags. Um, and a couple of the things are for both, a couple of the components of that are for tracking the cows, um, to make it a lot easier for the farmers to be able to check in on them instead of walking great distances or to areas they'd never be able to reach if these little guys are wandering all over the place. Advancements um, in being a shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> um, monitoring their health proactively so they can quickly see if anything is wrong. Um, and there's also a kind of almost fully autonomous milking system where the cows can basically, through these connected collars, let themselves into a gate and then they get hooked up to these machines to milk them. Um, when I guess the time is right, I'm not sure. So what do you call what do you call a cow that doesn't produce milk? Oh. <laughs> Anyone? A milk dud. A milk dud. <laughs> um, what am I missing on that? Kid jokes. No, I think <laughs> I like that. I think you covered it all, right? So if, if you look at it, goes back to the point about how do you create, bring technology and creating efficiencies. And if you look at in any agriculture environment, I mean, all these livestock or you know cows in particular, uh, there's, there's if there is any disease that happens, it's very hard to point out where that started mm -hmm. right and i think what this is trying to do is not just monitor them where they are from our asset tracking perspective but also to your point health monitoring and i've also even read someone has even gone further in saying putting something in in their tummies which is have them ingest something which will further track them when they're ovulating and where's the right time to produce right so the technology is taking this thing to an extreme level where the efficient they are trying to find efficiencies in tracking the health, in tracking where they are, in automating things that you just mentioned, and in even reproduction. And avoid mad cow disease. Yeah. Nip it in the butt when the first cow shows signs, whatever it is, and, cows and, frothing at the mouth, I don't know. But. And, and taking it to the further, right, once you determine what you do with it, right, so you find you... And then the efficiencies start coming in. How do you uh, bring in the, the video conferencing aspect? Can you quickly provide the care that you need to provide to that particular um, animal, cow, or whoever, right? Um, immediately so it doesn't spread to that point. Veterinarians without borders? Yep. And I think they've also sort of gamified it in a way to engage the public so they have I thought you were going to say the cow <laughs> yeah, I don't know cow to cow communication like B2B right <laughs> no, we don't know we never know yeah uh, so they have a mobile app where you can kind of uh, choose a cow and check in on him and watch his whereabouts and I haven't been able to download it successfully but apparently it's a way to engage with the community to also show them what's going on what they're doing with these 5G trials in their backyard. 
Well, that thing is probably getting real because to your point, right, a lot of people want to track where the food is coming from. Mm-hmm. And no, I know that it's coming from a sustainable agriculture, right. sustainable and livestock, and it's not just being mass produced and that cows have a place to roam around and and actually eat grass instead of eating things that are unnatural to their digestion. So there's a whole concept of sharing a cow, right? So I've done that, yeah. Right, in terms of you know getting whole milk directly from a cow instead of going to a grocery store and buying it. And there you basically have this collaborative aspect of, you know, you're sharing a cow and there you definitely want to know whether or not the milk you're getting from, right, that's coming from a healthy cow. Yeah, I bought a uh, half a cow from Mesquite Field Farms outside of San Antonio. The guy that, it's a old army buddy that owns the ranch. That uh, it's got this really fan stripped all the uh, artificial grass off the land. It took years to get the natural grass growing back, but he rotates paddocks with cows and chickens and built a uh, freshwater mussels. And it's all the biodiversity is great on his, I think, 60 acres, but he's producing the best cows and they're very humanely treated. So being able to watch somebody like Doug's cows would be appealing to some. I, I just trust Doug because I know who he is and why he's doing it. But um, there's a lot there's a lot of benefits that actually go into his farm. He They use it for um, PTSD. So soldiers... What is, what is PTSD? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, okay. So uh, using livestock to as a treatment tool for soldiers that are returning back from Afghanistan, Iraq, and being able to have them work with cattle and it's therapeutic. But um, again, they're all humanely treated. But um, that's not a 5G thing. So getting back on topic, Mimu, um, Me Plus Moo? Me Plus Me Plus Moo. Yeah. So you could download that app right now and remotely adopt a cow to no, I'm not check sure Me Plus Moo is an app, though. It's so an they, do have the, they do have the mobile app. Okay. But... I can I can That's find it. I can find all these photos of it, and like it exists. So it seems like it exists, but I was unable to locate it I wonder, here in the U.S. Maybe it's they don't brush their cattle as often. They're over there. They're uh, they have long hair cattle. Oh, the um, you're thinking of the those very cool ones in Scotland. Yeah, the Highland cows. Highland cows. Is it up? Is it in the no. Highlands where all the great whiskeys from? I don't think so. I don't know. No. I don't know the exact location. But if you, it's a great idea because if you're the rancher and you have crowdsourced looking after your cattle through a 5G network and you're in the highlands, then you have more time for si- sipping scotch whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It's automation. Automation. You can have a whole side business going on. Well, actually, talking, <laughs> coming back to the point of automation, right? Not just, not just cows, right? There is this whole initiative going on is uh, complete hectare, right, in terms of, you know, completely automating the crop uh, yield, right from, you know, everything, soup to nuts. There's yeah. not a human being involved. Without all the pesticides. Without all the pesticides. So that is a that is a big experiment that is going on. They've already produced, I think this is the third year, yeah. right, mm-hmm. producing. We're going to turn this into a healthcare podcast before long. Well, I think that was also part of the uh, 5G rural first called like hands-free hectare. And they successfully planted, harvested, all of the above um, 
maybe an acre or two. An acre. I think they're going with 35 acres now. Yeah, without like human hands being involved in any way. So that's a, so they had it's a, a good lead-in for something that you sent me in part of your research, IoT and sensors, the yes. Me Plus Moves. So. Yeah, I think the hands-free hectare involved a couple of different components. So it was autonomous tractors being controlled by drones, and there were there was an IoT sensors component. Yeah, there's something. a lot of experimentation, yeah. for sure. I want to point out something that you sent. Sure. Um, the global agriculture IoT market is valued at $16.5 billion in 2017, with a CAGR of 14.7% from 2018 last year through 2025. So we're looking at an IoT sensor market of just under $50 million over the next few years. It's a lot of sensors. Is that, uh, did you find, is that MBIoT? Is it LoRa? Combination? So, did I stump the research? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's definitely true. The, that's the area that I kind of gravitated to the, the most toward because it's the area that's growing the most rapidly. And it seems like it's the part of precision agriculture, which is I've come across the term smart ag, precision ag, um, mm -hmm. kind of used interchangeably. So it was a little challenging to parse all of those out. Is there a difference? Um, I think smart agriculture is all-encompassing. Um, and is used as sort of a bucket term. And then precision agriculture uh, denotes anything that really allows you to be essentially precise. be more precise, um, whether it's in the amount of fertilizer that you're using on something, the timing around crops. Um, one of the things that I kept that was kind of enlightening to me is the ag industry is very much like manufacturing and big data is huge for them. It's incredibly important to everything that they do. Um, yeah, you said a million data points off of a standard farm mm -hmm. daily. Yeah. A million yeah. data points. That's a lot of numbers to crunch. Yep. So back to previous discussions, it's not 5G in isolation. It's not AI. It's not analytics in isolation. It's all these things working in concert together. Mm -hmm to get to your precision or smart agriculture, right? Manufacturing? Yeah, and I think um, and I would defer to you to the experts on NBIoT and the specific network technology, but what I have read is they are kind of used in tandem, and I've come across a couple different articles that are saying while that is maybe the norm right now, um, when it comes to truly bringing in all these different components to have a truly connected farm. So beyond just the sensors, when you're talking large scale, vast areas of land mm -hmm. and the connectivity that you need and then the latency and bandwidth requirements for things like drones and autonomous vehicles, that's where 5G will really shine. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I don't think MBIoT necessarily needs all the characteristics you're going to find in a 5G network. I think uh, that's one of those things where LTE could be quite sufficient because in 5G, you're looking at trying to connect a million devices in a square kilometer. Farms and, and ranches are much bigger, and they're going to be a little bit more spread out, and you don't need that continuous constant bandwidth. They're small devices 
that need a really long battery life, but they're going to be transmitting two, three, maybe a dozen times a day in certain respects, but they're not going to be transmitting a ton of data all the time. So, you know, one of the things that naturally comes up is, oh, 5G is going to replace 4G, and this may be a case where it's a, more of a combination. So I think the it's whenever I hear that one technology is going to replace another. It's, one to rule them all. It's, it's, Everything's it takes, Lord of the Rings. It it's, takes years, right? And, and I think one of, the idea, one of the things we all have to understand is 5G is, is a combination of technologies. And it will leverage the best technology that is suitable to, to the job, right? So whether it's, you know, 5G is maybe using some aspects of NBIOT as part of that. Sure. Um, now, as part of this whole smart agriculture or precision farming aspects, right, there are so many different components that needs to get automated. And there are so many different aspects of applications that can be brought in which have never been used before. Right. So when we talk about these low power sensors, there is a function of that in terms of monitoring, you know, soil quality or whether or not, you know, pH levels, yeah. pH levels of water and things like that, which are like, you know, small data points that you can easily transmit over any network and LoRa and other things are well suited, suited for that. Mm-hmm. But once you start automating the entire hands free, you know, hectare or hands free mile of crop. you say hectare? No. <laughs> no. Um, in terms of that, when you start looking at the precision farming does not come without having something automated to look at the crops and making a decision right there without a human eye that this is this needs attention or this is good to go. And that's where you start having video analytics, right? Your drones that are flying over are actually transmitting that video data mm-hmm. over some centralized, you know, we'll edge compute system where it's determining what to do with it, right? Uh, Absolutely. That's where the 5G starts to ro- start to play a role in, in connecting machine to machine, connecting uh, the tractors that are on, on, on the field, um, how different equipments that are working in, in concert together to do the different job or communicating. That's where, you know, 5G technology starts to become yeah. more relevant. No, it's AI, it's IoT, it's a smart supply chain. Get in the, excuse me, possibly blockchain is part of that ecosystem, all sitting on top of that connectivity. So this question might be for myself and the listeners, um, but one of the things that came up was the concept of network slicing and how that would be extremely beneficial on a smart farm when you start bringing in all these different type of applications that are that each have different requirements? It's an interesting concept. Um, what you're talking about is, an, is kind of, a, I would say, second or third stage of taking that slice into specific functions within a farm to begin with someone has to figure out how do you slice a network for a particular farm or a particular neighborhood uh, to, to serve that neighborhood. But I think um, I, would, I would take it in a different level, different perspective, to give a different perspective to it. If you look at what is happening in the farms, right, farms are the end users of the technology. They're not the ones who are actually going to implement the technology. Um, the 
businesses who are actually going to going to bring technology in the form are the equipment suppliers that are used to do the job mm-hmm. right whether it's a tractor company whether it's a sewing company whether it's someone who's selling drones which are customized to do jobs within and whatever technology is going to be there whether it's they're using wi-fi lura or 5g that has to be embedded in it so over the period of time, we'll start to see that John Deere is no longer just selling tractors, but actually providing a complete cloud professional service, professional services for the farmers. And that professional services are actually tied to the carriers network who have sliced that particular network to serve John Deere's customers. Yeah, I think it's likely it's not going to be the specific farm application. It's going to be the professional service or managed service that will manage the slice and apply whatever quality of experience need is needed for those applications. When you start looking at how much data you're pulling, I I'd have I would actually struggle to see that I would need a specific slice for autonomous combines versus pulling data off of a sensor that is not necessarily time bound. Because I can always prioritize the traffic for the autonomous farming equipment. And the sensors can be best effort yeah. and they don't really need a slice. So yeah, I, that makes sense. I think we kind of across the industry, we've been introduced to this concept of network slicing and there's a lot of great ideas that come around it. Some of them are practical. Some of them are, it, it's a nice idea, but it's not really necessary with the amount of bandwidth that you're going to have and with the amount of connect connections per square kilometer or even the latency characteristics. I think slicing will be, it's certainly going to be important. It's going to open up a lot of unique app applications and bolster a lot of other applications that exist today, media especially, or in things like smart cities and closed caption TV. I think it's a great point. A lot of time it's also about um, what part of the land you need to put that water right and the fertilizers not right now what is happening is basically a blanket yeah. right there's mm-hmm. a time and every this 5 p.m or whatever like six, morning 6 a.m there's an automation going on that automation is basically does not have the intelligence to know whether or not this piece of land really needs water or how much water well we even see that in our neighborhoods how many times have you been driving down the road yeah. when it's raining and somebody's sprinkler system is on, on. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you start looking at water as a natural resource and be able to preserve that and have water, water kind of moves around the planet, right? We're always in an equilibrium with how much water we have, but it shifts its location. So if we have water being wasted, whether it's in agriculture or in in a suburban area, water so that your front yard looks great, we certainly don't need those sprinklers, whether they're ag sprinklers or in-ground sprinklers on a timer going off when it's raining. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't I, too long ago that California was having a pretty, pretty big water crisis, right? Yeah, and the ag industry is the largest kind of consumer user of water, so it's kind of like a vicious cycle. They like need it. Same with, um, but it's also an expense. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. So if you can drive down costs on the yeah. farm and you can be more accurate, does that translate to our table? It does. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, I hope. 
eventually. <laughs> eventually, or you know, the investments required to deliver precision agriculture requires to pay another nickel on our mangoes. It's the quality of the food also, right? It's, it's, and that impacts your health as well, yeah. right? You don't want to try not to eat junk. Yeah, you, you mentioned crop yield, right? I think if I'm not an agriculture expert, but I know one thing is water and soil combination actually makes what what how your food will be produced. And sunlight. And sunlight. <laughs> yeah. And it's important for wine as well. Oh, yeah. That was a segue. Yes, segue. I believe that... And there have been applications. There have been First applications. First office applications or um, For kind trials. of trials around 5G and um, irrigation and water usage to perfect the quality of grapes on vineyards. So the farmers on a certain vineyard, I want to say in California, um, have been testing 5G trials with, I believe it's IoT and sensors in the ground to be able to kind of automate and be more precise about irrigation and water usage and in turn perfect these grapes that they're producing and really improve the quality through this precision, which is pretty cool. Oh, if you like wine. Yes, I like wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I did learn in a trip to Bordeaux a few years ago how important soil composition, sunlight, and water matter in the climates and the temperatures. So absolutely, hopefully they put in some sensors there for some early alerts when there's wildfires so that we don't lose all our grapes and all our wine. That's true. Another, another related topic, it may not be, you know, about crop yield, but it's about, you know, surveillance. One thing which is very important because these are rural lands and mm -hmm. very hard to monitor, right? And having a remote video surveillance installed and having it connected via 5G untethered, right? Um, that you don't have to, you know, put wires into these remote surveillance systems. Having untethered remote surveillance systems video connected throughout the farm is a is a great application of how it can actually save a lot of time. Potentially save lives too. Lives too. Now, and so think of chicken coops. What commonly happens in a chicken coop whenever you raise the chicken up and go to grab some eggs? What do you sometimes get surprised to find? Snakes. Oh. Don't want to reach in and grab a snake by accident. They, they could be quite painful. Detrimental to your health. It's a good way to end it. Maybe not a good way to end it, but... Um, <laughs> let's, end on, let's end on a high note. It's a high note. Well, go back to wine. Where we, we covered whiskey in the highlands and cows. Well, I, I think I, I would say... Smart agriculture is a great industry where the service provider should be looking at. Hmm. There's a lot of money to be made there. I mean, if I tie it back to, you know, everyone, win-win situation for everyone. I mean, of course, the, the farmers get to benefit from the efficiencies they will gain. The carriers have a great opportunity to play in. And I think there is a fundamental shift that needs to happen in the thinking of how to serve the smart agriculture. It has to go through the vendors who are serving the smart agriculture and that is an area where most of the business aspect of 5g is either missing or not being completely understood 
is the channel to serve these specific verticals and not the direct enterprises who are the consumers mm-hmm. in that vertical, but the vendors who provide technologies or the supplies in that vertical. What happens is they are going through their own roadmaps of deciding what the next technology built in in their product. If the carriers are not in their roadmap right now, making sure the 5G module, the 5G modems are in those tractors and drones and other places, they will miss another decade of cycle of how the technology will actually make in into smart agriculture or for that matter, any vertical. Yeah, I think that we're seeing that they're pretty aware that they've got to account for account for that and they've got to understand it. I mean, the alarm bells have been rang for how many people are coming, how many people are going to be here by 2050. And at the same time, we've experienced mass, we've had an explosion of population and we've mass produced food all the way going back to like World War One, World War Two, where the, a form of automation came in and we started mass producing food, but the technology we had was limited and we had to do things to preserve shelf life. And I think one of the things when you get into precision ag- agriculture and you actually see what's going on with the soil composition, and you see what's going on, then we can get away from some of these other practices that have been built in the last several decades. So not only are we producing more food, producing it quicker, but producing food that's healthier for all of us to consume and has a better shelf life and we're able to identify when there's something that, you know, a mad cow disease or figure out why this bushel or I don't know if bushel is the right term, but let's say a truckload of lettuce, something went wrong with 10, 10 heads of lettuce, but all of a sudden we have a massive recall and there's a ton of waste that goes on because we're not exactly sure in the supply chain. Was it here? Was it here? Here? Oh crap. We just got to kill we got to kill $25 million worth of lettuce and we can't have lettuce or avocados for until the next crop yield, right? We're getting better at that. And the technology is certainly providing a lot of value and we'll eat healthier and better and eventually have more time to sip whiskey in the highlands, drink better wine. This is a win. Heck yeah. I think better food at the table. Let's do it. Better wine, whiskey, and cows feel loved. Cows feel loved. Companies look good doing and it. Everyone makes money. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God! This. Why didn't I think of this before? This is fantastic. We all like food. Better burgers, better booze. That's it. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for your work on this cat. Thanks, Thanks Ashish. Thanks, Jason. Great topic. Adios. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recalibrate. For previous and upcoming episodes, or for more of our content, you can head to samsung-networks.com, or you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.